ready to wake up, you're going to wake up. And if you're not ready, you're going to stay pretending that you're just a little, poor little me. Soldiers, don't fight for slavery, fight for liberty. In the 17th chapter of St. Luke, it is written, the kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power. The world is like a ride at an amusement park, and when you choose to go on it, you think it's real, because that's how powerful our minds are. Everybody is I. You all know you are you. And wheresoever beings exist throughout all galaxies, it doesn't make any difference. You are all of them. And when they come into being, that's you coming into being. Yo, 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 people, how's it going? Hope you're all doing well wherever you are in the world. Been a few weeks since I've done a podcast, took a few weeks off, just to let you guys know. Been a lot of things going on from a personal level, also been, let's say I've been also doing a lot of shadow work maybe, doing also slaying a few demons, and also maybe slaying a few reptilians in the collective, let's say that for sure. <laughs> but anyway, a lot has been going on, I just decided to take a few weeks away just to reset, and the podcast is back this week with another great open-minded discussion, and this is a conversation a podcast I did with a guy called Allegedly Dave. If you can't remember a podcast a while ago I did with Allegedly Dave where we talked about three man on the land stuff, we talked about um, the policing of um, our rights as human beings to have sovereignty over certain things that we do on the planet. That's what was basically the conversation we talked about last time. Dave was also the guy in in the past who, who debated the uh, astrophysicist in regards to the flat earth debate. Um, so allegedly Dave is most well known for his outspoken views upon the flat earth topic and believing that the earth is flat. But he's not only just that, he also talks about many other topics like we get into this today podcast. In the beginning of this conversation we talk about space, we talk about his theories on why he believes space is fake. We also talked about the general picture of the nature of reality. We talked about the policing of language in society. We talked about the left and right brain hemisphere thinking. We talked about how maybe the natural language of human beings isn't what has been made to be made out to believe. We talked about history. We talked about so much. This is one of them conversations, as you will see in this one, that goes all over the place. I really do love these conversations. And as always, I always say that every single guest that I get on this podcast I don't agree with everything they say, but I will definitely have conversations with anyone because I always want to stay open-minded and fluid in my beliefs in the way that I see the world. Because just looking back over my life, my beliefs in the way that I've changed seeing the world has vastly and dramatically changed. And things in the past that I didn't believe have definitely changed a lot now, and I'm sure you guys can relate to that. So I will always be open-minded, and these conversations in general are just really cool in my opinion. I love talking about many different topics on this podcast and it just really is this this whole place we're living in it really is an interesting and magical place and there's so much going on there's so many different things to learn and I'm just always following what's interesting to me and I'm and I know if the feedback I get from you guys you really do like the topics that I dive into so this one is another cool one in the next in a few days time from now I'm also going to do an episode of observing my thoughts this one is really well overdue. I have a lot of interesting stuff, and this is one that you definitely don't want to miss. A lot of esoteric stuff that I've been working on and thinking about in my mind. A lot of the uh, biggest mysteries of life. So that'll be coming up in a few days' time from now. Anyway, if you can, guys, as always, check out the Patreon page 
or the one-off donation option really goes such a long way and helps me to keep doing these podcasts and bringing you the most amazing conversations that I can on the planet. So that's all I ask you guys. Check out the one-off donation option in the Patreon page. It really goes such a long way. So anyway, enjoy this conversation deep down the rabbit hole with Allegedly Dave. Peace out wherever you are in the world. In now, if you want, but I was going to say to you, um, <coughs> try, I'll try and get that close as possible. You can't, yeah, okay. But, um, I was just going to say to you that the best place that I'd probably want to start was I want to see your opinion on on sort of and obviously it's it's it's, it's highly it's highly visible, visible that in the past you've been talking about flat earth and stuff like that. So I know that in me, 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 me myself as well, I'm very sort of skeptical about um the whole sort of system with NASA and things like that and what's going on with this uh, exploration and space and things like that. Mm. Why do you think, maybe the best place to start asking the question, maybe why do you think people do have sort of um, sort of some sort of dissonance with what's going on with NASA and things like that? Because, I mean, if when I speak to my close friends and people like that, regardless whether you believe in the flat earth model or the round earth model, there is, seems to be this some sort of, um, people are have a, a deep urge inside them that something's not quite right with the information that we're being led to believe. I mean, you can look at... Um, I mean, you can go on YouTube and you can f- see all the different things where they've had fake strings coming down. They're using green screens, and we we all know. I mean, if you, for example, the um the recent Elon Musk thing. I don't know if you've seen that, the Falcon X, I think it's called, where he basically supposedly took a rocket into space. Mm-hmm. And even that, I mean, the whole the whole charade around that. I mean, it looks like an episode of Eurovision. You know, it's a, <laughs> it, it really yeah. does. But why do you think people are? Do you think there is a um? It seems to me that there is an urgency now. People do realise that something's not quite right. And that's why maybe people are asking multiple different questions. Well, possibly because uh, of uh, what's going down with this lockdown and stuff, that Mm. uh, people are taking a step back and going, well, yeah, there's something wrong with this and there's possibly something wrong with all these other things I've been been taught. Um, But, you know, personally, I'm not seeing too much in a way of uh, flat earth. Um, people sort of, well not so much flatter but even questioning NASA I think um, people are too uh, caught up in this uh, in this lockdown thing um, but I, I, I think the difficulty for people is that the you know they've been taught all these things for the you know their whole life yeah NASA also represents a kind of um, uh, hope for the future yeah, uh, a bright, shiny hope for the future. You know, the the whole Star Trek idea that uh, we're heading for somewhere, you know, wonderful, and you know, we're going to have this star fleet and you know, explore planets and do, you know, so it's a very hopeful future for a place that's kind of hum, you know humdrum, really. So um, a lot of people, you know, pin their hopes on that. I mean, I, I know I I used to. I mean, I used to be. Um, very much into space and the final frontier and all that and um, so I, I watched all the star, you know, star Trek, Star Wars, all that stuff and I thought our future was going to be in space yeah um, for me it was wasn't that hard but it was still a, a, a bit of a wrench to uh, to get to that idea that space doesn't exist um, but once I once I got over that hurdle, a lot of things fell into place, you know. Um, all those questions that I had about NASA, 
um, you know, those odd little things. What, what are those bubbles doing there? You know, what could they possibly... Perhaps they're water, maybe the water, mm-hmm. you know. I was making excuses for them. But, um, but you know, when your sort of eyes, you're, you know, eyesight clears mm-hmm. and you realise, well, they're faking it, that actually is a bubble, you know. Um, yeah, then, then your questions get answered. So what do you think's going on? I need to ask you that question. What do you think's going on up there? Do you think, I mean, because it's clear to say, like I said, there is some sort of, there is a lot of shady stuff going on. There's a lot of things being hidden. Have you have any theories what 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 is going on up there? Is, like you said, space is fake. Is is it is, does it involve something else? I mean, like for example, um, I know you've spoke about this before. Admiral Byrd, he spoke about how we're living in a firmament, stuff like that. What's your theories around that? Well, there is no up there. Mm-hmm. That's the point. Yeah, they're not up there. You know, the if they're in the in the ISS, they're in a um, in a soundstage somewhere. You know, the there's a I'm pretty sure that there's a, a huge um, pool somewhere um, where they've got the outside of the uh, ISS mocked up and um, and like a big projection projection screen um, above it, so they can they can you know mock up the Earth underneath, and, uh, and literally that's where they do all their outside shots. And I've got a studio where they do the inside shots. I mean, it's even them new things now. You've seen, for example, you know the. I mean, you can even peer now. You know to go to the to in, go to a replica space station and actually experience the the full uh, workings of gravity. You know, mm. so if they can do that, if you can go and like a sort of you go on a tour, you can go on a tour. You can experience gravity. What else can they do? You know, I mean, we know they've got the CGI. You know, I mean, look at for example, look at the film Avatar and all these new films that are coming out now. Mm-hmm. We know clearly they can they're spending millions and millions in the funding that's going into it as well. Right. You know, so yeah, if they can make a film like Gravity. Um, with um, I don't know what the budget was, but it was so many million to to make that film, mm-hmm. and and yet you know NASA gets like fifty six million a day or something. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> what can they what can they make? What yeah. can they produce with that sort of money? You know, um, easily they could easily reproduce what um, what we see on on screen on gra- films like Gravity. Um, yeah, so it's it's not a stretch of the imagination. Yeah. So what, what do you so what do you think we we are immersed in? Do you think it's a? I mean, there's many different theories. You know, people say we're immersed in a simulation. Um, people say that uh, we're living in a spiritual a spiritual place. You know, so mm-hmm. what's your, do you have any thoughts around what that is? If if there isn't if there isn't the if the current model, it doesn't play out in your mind of what what we're being told, which it doesn't in a lot of people's minds. Mm-hmm. What do you think this place is? What do you think we're immersed in? Well, um, I'll preface that by saying. Um, I was an atheist for 40 years, mm-hmm. and when I um, came across the Flat Earth, um, I started to look into the, the, the Bible, the Old Testament, and uh, because somebody told me it was a Flat Earth book, mm-hmm. I had a look, and sure enough, it describes a flat, motionless Earth um, with, a, with a dome over it. And um, yeah, that's, I, I, think, I think essentially that book is, is telling us where we live and why we're here, um, you know. This this is a realm that's been created for us, and I believe it's um, like a bubble of three D space and time. Yeah, um, there's nothing outside of this because that would imply more three D space and time. So, um, like the Most High and uh, anything else that's celestial um, lives kind of. Even out the word outside doesn't doesn't cut it. It's a like a different dimension. For instance, I think that's the best way of describing it. 
um, but it's a, a, a biblical cosmology. And do you, do you have any thoughts around what that is? Do you think it's the, I know many people, um, I mean, from my own experience, I mean, the things that I'm learning in my life is that it seems to be that this place is a, it's definitely some sort of skill, you know, for us to learn and evolve our, whatever you want to call it, consciousness, senses, energy, soul. Do you feel that this, that what it could be? It could be some sort of, mm-hmm. or, or are you leaning towards maybe it's a, a prison or something? <laughs> no, no, no. Um, well, as it happens, there's a book in the Old Testament, it's been taken out of the Old Testament actually, called uh, Second Esdras. And in Second Esdras chapter 7, it actually tells you um, the whole point of all this. And uh, my, the best way of describing it is imagine you're in a room with 100 people and 25 of those people are psychopaths, right? So you can't look at somebody and know if they're a psychopath or not. So one of the things you might want to do is make up a questionnaire. But question one can't be, are you a psychopath? Or question two can't be, do you like killing small animals? Because the psychopath's going to go, I know what he's after, and no. <laughs> no. So you've got to ask open-ended questions that ha- don't have a right or wrong answer. And then you can figure out you know, whether he's a psychopath or not. So imagine you know, sort of stretching it out to the, the level of the most high. Okay, So wickedness was found amongst his creation. How do you figure out who's the wicked ones? Well, you might want to create a realm where anything is possible. Any experience you want to have, you can have it. And that's where we live. You can have any experience you want. Um, and then you incarnate these, um, these beings down here with no memory of who and what they are. Implant them with the, the Ten Commandments. Because we all know what's right and wrong. Mm. Yeah? Even the psychopaths know whether you know, they're doing right or wrong. They just don't care. You know, so implanted with the Ten Commandments and you're incarnated down here. Now what? What are you going to do? You can live your life righteously or, you know, wickedly. And I had somebody say to me, well, there's no such thing as absolute evil and absolute good. And I said to him, well, imagine you're at a table and uh, you're having dinner with a group of people and a person next to you stands up and walks off. And as you look down, you notice they've left their wallet down there. Mm-hmm. Now, you've got, you got two choices. Uh, choice one, you can uh, very quietly, very sneakily, go and pick that wallet up and slip it in your pocket and, uh, and take it home and then see what you got, you know? Or you could pick that wallet up and run after the guy and say, look, you dropped your wallet, okay? When you want to take, the, you want to nick that wallet, yeah, you know you're doing wrong because you're looking around to make sure nobody's seeing you and doing it very slyly and, and so you know you're doing wrong mm-hmm. because if you um, were going to do the other thing you wouldn't care if anybody sees you it'd be like hey everyone I, I just found a wallet I think it's that guy's and you would chase after it and when you actually give the guy the wallet you get a feeling of doing something good you know if you took that wallet home and you're going through it, you're taking the cash out, you've seen, you've got the guy's driving license, he's got his credit cards, he's got his, maybe some keys, he's got, you're like, you know, if you're not a psychopath, you're going to have a pang of, oh, sure, you know, yeah. <laughs> this is a whole other guy's life. If there's only what's a way I could hand this back to him without the money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you, you know, there is absolute good and evil, and we know when we're doing it. Yeah. So, so literally, this is where we are. This is an open-ended question. 
how are you going to live your life righteously or, or wickedly and as it happens when you get to the end of this life which is only a blip of time yeah if you if you're an eternal soul yeah this 100 years or so yeah isn't the real thing because you know what's 100 years in eternity so this this game that we're playing right now isn't the real thing yeah, the real thing it happens after this mm. and what i'm saying is you you're, you're going to get scored on how you've lived lived your life um and I, there's a game that my, my son used to play. Um, it was a Star Wars game. And you started out as a, as a kid with a lightsaber, yeah? And uh, all through the game, oops, keep doing that. All through the game, his, uh, this, this kid has got, has got all these decisions to make. And depending on the decisions, you know, you make playing this game, you either end up as a Jedi Knight or as a Dark Lord. And, you know, this, this is the game we're in, mm -hmm. yeah? So that's that's the the reason for all this, and I'm I'm I utterly believe that. Yeah, I do as well. That's a really good point. I wanted to switch it up a bit, and I wanted to ask ask your thoughts on Antarctica. I know because I know you've been quite vocal around that. Do you have any theories about what is going on in Antarctica? I mean, what's the the current model that you have in the perception of that you have in your mind of how that is? For Antarctica, I I actually believe there's uh, obviously the ice wall that mm -hmm. goes all the way around the uh, the perimeter of of this Earth. Um, you, you've got sort of, sort of like a, about 300 miles of ice plain and then two mile high mountains. Beyond that, I, I believe in that, uh, that thousand year old map that was discovered 100 years ago in Hawaii. I don't know if you've come across that one. Is that the priest priest map? Um, I know it's not that one. No, 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 no. It was a, it was a, a thousand year old map that was discovered in Hawaii. It appeared in a newspaper in, um, about 100 years ago. And it shows the, the continents that we, you know, we're aware of in the flat Earth map mo um, model. Um, a ring of ice, and then more continents outside. Um, and I, I believe that's that's where we are. There's more continents beyond beyond the ice, and um, beyond that, you, at some point, you'll hit the edge of the dome. Interesting. Well, okay, obviously, you are familiar with, with Admiral Byrd, aren't you? When he mm -hmm. said that he took the um, had a military operation, he took the he went to the edge of Antarctica, and he said that there was like, um, other the continent was much bigger than we've been taught to believe, and there was um, I think there was even a passage in his um, journals where he spoke about. I mean, I know this sounds out there, it might sound out there for a lot of people, but he said that they fired rockets rockets up, and they could they could actually see the firm like a firmament. I don't know. I didn't hear that. I, yeah, I didn't. That on a, on I didn't know that uh, they Admiral Byrd took uh, a whole fleet of aircraft with him. Yeah, not um, aircraft, but just like military um, military personnel. No, well, no. And he, on one of his expeditions, he took uh, a whole load of aircraft with him, mm. and uh, he came back after two weeks or so, when the mission was supposed to be about um, a few months. Came back after a couple of weeks with most of the planes missing because they kept crashing them. Um, there's, uh, I think it's the Encyclopedia um, Americana for 1956, I believe, something like that. Um, the entry for uh, Antarctica describes a dome at 13,000 feet. So kind of suggests that, uh, you know, they kept smashing the planes into the dome. Um, now, um, I, I mentioned that on one of the uh, debates I was on 
and uh, I think it was Dr. Roberts and Janice were saying something like, uh, oh, the dome is what they call a mountain over there. I think that's a bit suspicious, you know. No, they don't call um, mountains domes anywhere else. <laughs> you know, I think I think that's very suspicious. Um, but Admiral Byrd also described a continent the size of, uh, or, or yeah, just about the size of um, the continental America, um, United States. Um, on the other side of, the, he called it the other side of the South Pole, um, opposite Little America. So he found a, a whole uninhabited continent the size of America, the other side of the South Pole, supposedly. So, you know, that would make it... Um, make it, There's a continent somewhere in the Indian Ocean, then, <laughs> you know, if it was on a ball. Yeah. So, um, so that's why I, I'm kind of led to believe that, uh, you know, that, that thousand-year-old map model was correct because uh, I think even on that map model, there was a continent the size of America you know where Admiral Byrd said it was. Do you have any theories of what could be there? I mean, I know, I know that, um, I know there's like there's also other theories that tie into this. You know, I mean, even for example, just to add this one as well, that I know that obviously this doesn't fit into the sort of the model that you that you're think you're leaning towards at the moment. But for example, um, the work of like the um, of like Ronald Carlson and Graham Hancock, they they talk about how even how an the continent of Antarctica could have um, like through crustal displacement could have moved to a, a different part of the world. And they spoke about how it was more Antarctica could have been in a position that was more hotter and stuff like that, and it it, it moved. I know that doesn't fit into your model, mm-hmm. but it, it clear to see even with that, there could there could be some there could be some sort of um, there could be pyramids on there. There could be if if that is the case, you know, and it was in a place we know that um, Australia is a place that's rich in sort of um, ancient history and things like that. Um, have you ever thought about something like that? Maybe there is a is, could there be a civilization that's that maybe is still on there? And there's I mean, because even Admiral Byrd in in his journals spoke about how there was some sort of a treaty that was um that was spoke of with some sort of race or something like that you know you're probably thinking of the north pole yeah um his expeditions in the north pole mm. never said anything about that in the south pole um i, I tend not to engage in speculation when i've got no information it's yeah. like uh, that's just cool to talk about like, yeah no, I, I, I don't <laughs> i just i don't even go there because uh, you know when when you, you kind of speculate stuff um, that tends to turn into, you know, you you actually said that's yeah. what you believe, yeah. and no, I don't, I don't, I don't engage in that sort of thing, to be honest. What, what's your thoughts around how um, history, how history is being designed, and a way to sort of, sort of um, propagate our reality, sort of say? Well, history is um, is complete bullshit. I've got to say, um, I've been my my last research is about um, human history and and the Old Testament. Um, and as I've been sort of looking through it, I've started to realise that um, every aspect of history, uh, especially British, British history, it's uh, it's all fabricated. Um, the latest uh, kind of research is looking at um, looking at again the Old Testament. It says in um, Second Esdras that um, the, the the age of the earth is separated into twelve parts. And then at the time of Esdras, which was around about 400 BC, uh, nine and a half parts had already gone, the age of the earth, which le- left, um, you know, um, two and a half parts. Um, so um, according to that, it would it would kind of mean that uh, uh, around about, um, I think it was 1500, 1200, 
1200 AD was the end of the earth. So um, I'm looking at that and thinking, well, no, that's obviously not right. You know, we're still here. Um, but then I came across um, somebody called Anatoly Fomenko. Have you heard of him? Mm. He basically re um, believes that um, the uh, history has, has had basically a thousand years added to it. So this isn't the year um, 2020. This is the year 1020. Yeah. Um, and he puts he puts a, uh, across some um, very good arguments. Um, you know, you see, you see when um, say in the fifteen hundreds, you see where where the date is written, and you look at the the, the date, you'll see let's say fifteen fifteen eighty five, you'll see the letter I five eighty five. It's not one five eight five. It's I or sometimes J five eight five. And it turns out that uh, as we use AD, you know, say like 2000 AD, they used to say um, I for Eusus or J for JC, mm -hmm. yeah, and then the, then the date. So it started off as a, a small letter I and then a small letter J and then a big letter I. And then that changed, morphed into a one. Mm -hmm. So um, that's how a thousand years got added, and um, he na narrowed it down to uh, the changeover uh, from uh, Ju the Julian calendar to the Gre Gregorian calendar. Um, the church managed the calendar, so you know, mere mortals, your plebs on the street, wouldn't really know much about it. You know, so, um, I'm just told, oh, this is a year, <laughs> okay. And that's it, you know, a couple of generations down the line, nobody knows any different, you know. So so that's how they could sneak in a thousand years. And if that's the case, then it means the end days are pretty much right now, <laughs> according to Second Esdras. So you think they, they, would, they do that in terms of to... I mean, why would they do that? Why would you think they would would they, they put that in place as a to, to manipulate our our perception of time, which links to our senses and things like that, or and knowing who we are, or is it could it be something something else? Well, if you've got a book that tells you all the answers, mm -hmm. um, one of the, the the ways you get around that for is, is to is to basically hide the information mm -hmm. so the book doesn't make any sense. Yeah, so um, literally this 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 Old Testament is a history of, uh, of Earth, past, present and future. And if you've got a book like that, right, you, you, and, and you don't want people to figure out what's, uh, what's coming, mm -hmm. then you've got, to, you've got to change the time, you've got to change the, the people, you've got, to, you've got to mess it up so that people can't just look at it and go, oh, this is where we are, you know? And, um, and that's what I'm, I'm doing right now. I'm looking at this book and going, ah, oh, this is where we are, because all these markers line up. Yeah. I want to just change it up a bit and I want to talk, see your thoughts and I mean that's what I'm going to do I want to, there's some loads of topics I want to yeah. touch on I know we're just scraping over so much stuff but I want to touch on with you uh, Brevetarianism as well because a lot of people haven't really spoke about that much on the podcast and I know that you you've regularly spoke about um, your th thoughts around Brevetarianism could you speak about that because you you'd also did some experiments with it didn't you as well yes uh, could you speak a bit about that because I think it's fascinating okay um I uh, I saw I, I found out about breatharianism um, from a book I, I came across called um, Man's Higher Consciousness, uh, amazing book, um, 
fact, it took me about six months to read the book because it was so, you know, every every paragraph I read, it was like, whoa, shut the book. And whoa, wow. You know, so um, it, it really changed my life. So it basically spoke about how we are, we're all breatharians, right? We don't need to eat. Um, and I'd done a 30-day urine fast at one point and realized that, you know, I, I really don't need to eat very much. Um, so I decided, this was back in 2012, um, I decided to do an experiment. Oh, no, sorry, 2014 I did this. Um, do a breatharian experiment. I wouldn't eat, and I'll try and do that for about six months. Um, so I'm, I actually did two months, and I stopped because of social reasons. You know, I was... Um, the hardest part is other people, you know, other people, um, you say you go around somebody's house, people don't like the fact that you, you're not eating. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's a social environment. It's, it's like, oh, you've got to eat something. Yeah, try this. Go on, no, go on, you've got to eat something. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, uh, and I met somebody as well, and they wanted to actually do do the experiment with me. And uh, but, they, but she was like um, a raw vegan. So I dropped back to raw veganism to so that she could catch up, um, but it never, never happened. So, um, so yeah, I, I did 60 days. And at the end of the 60 days, I was actually um, still in the best shape of my life. I was sort of uh, fit, strong, healthy. Um, yeah, it was, it was great. I could have carried on indefinitely, um, but yeah. How did you feel in terms of, um, I know there's a lot of like um, information about how when you do you know, like we're living in a physical world where our our senses are on overdrive all the time. You know, we have physical stimulation, which is food is one of them. You know, food plays into that deeper aspect of ourselves where it sort of maybe takes away that, um, takes away some senses, you know, because the, the processes within the digestive system. Mm. Did you feel it when you went through that process? Did you feel any other senses, senses and stuff were heightened in your body and things? Well, um, the first 10 days of the uh, experiment, um, I didn't eat or drink anything. Um, because I'd, I'd planned to not to eat, so I, I, I sort of worked out my schedule just before I started the experiment. So I ramped down what I was eating and, uh, you know, sort of made portions smaller and stuff. Um, but I didn't plan not to drink, which sounds silly now, but, uh, but at the time I just, it didn't, didn't occur to me. So when I stopped for the first 10 days, I got dehydrated at, at day 10. So um, I changed the experiment. Um, after that just so I could drink distilled water um, but uh, in that first 10 days my intuition went through the roof I, I would wake up at uh, 4 o'clock in the morning um, and, and lie in bed for 4 hours having all these ideas and amazing um, connections and stuff and it was like it was amazing mm -hmm. you know um, at the end of it I, I literally had to have a, a notepad by, by my bed so I could just write some of this stuff down um, it was like I would um, have an idea, um, have an idea for an experiment to test it, already know what the results of the experiment was, and the, uh, uh, you know, the, the interpretation of those results, all in one package, all at the same time. Yeah. So it was like, um, it was like I'd, it's like I was stretched out, I'd stretch out all this stuff, and I'd, I'd had the idea, um, mould it around for a while, um, decide to do a test, you know, performed the test, got the results, evaluated the results, and then came to the conclusion, 
and then and somehow it just got all got squashed into one package and delivered to me in, in one go. It was just it was just really amazing. Um, and one of the questions I asked was, well, why is this happening? Why am I, you know, having all this intuition? Um, and the answer came again immediately, and it was confirmed like two days later when I saw something in the, in the I think it was online. Um, the reason was that uh, your gut has brain cells. So when you're eating stuff, well, your gut can't think because it's too busy digesting and doing all this stuff. But as soon as you stop eating, now it's not having to work so hard. Now it can think. And it doesn't think in the same way as your brain thinks. It, it thinks in intuition. It thinks in, you know, in, in sort of feelings and knowings. So and that's, as soon as you stop eating, now that, you know, the, those feelings and knowings can come to the fore. It's really interesting because even if you look back at, um, you know, there's a lot of scripture, esoteric scriptures in the past talking about how that when we are in a lower density in terms of our spiritual selves, you know, the body requires less substance from from the physical needs. So maybe, I mean, who knows what what was going on in the past? You know, I mean, there could have been, there could have been a, we know, we, I mean, through my own research, it seems to be that there's definitely uh, the stages within human development where consciousness goes through periods of um, of less development and then higher development and i mean it seems that you know the modern day world we're living in now it is it's like i said before it's completely dependent on the on all these different physical systems without outside of ourselves and never dependent upon the internal processes that are constantly there and like the intuition and things like that do you do you foresee um could you i know i know obviously I mean, you might not agree with this but do you foresee in the future maybe where that where them senses become more heightened you know i mean maybe you'll see more people experiment with breviterianism and and, fe and feeling it out and see how it feels more people might be um i don't just go and lean towards a civilization that's maybe going towards more feeling instead of in the intellect well um if if you're talking about staying in this society then it's not going to happen because everything about this society is there to 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 cut you off from from you know your your own abilities yeah technology is actually there to do that mm -hmm. yeah um when you really think about it our technology is really just a whole bunch of toys really they have no real um benefit to you outside the the context of this society yeah um you know, you take your very, very smart um, smartphone, mm -hmm. and you you're on a desert island. <laughs> now, now, what good is it to you? You know, mm -hmm. you know, even if you could keep it powered up, yeah, or you've got no signal. You know, it, it's, you've got all these apps that don't do anything for you in the context of a desert island. Yeah, it's only useful in this society. Um, and when you start to use this technology, it takes away from your natural abilities. Um, before cell phones were around, how many phone numbers could you remember? A lot. I can remember about 30 mm -hmm. phone numbers. I can't remember a single one now. Yeah, I, I don't remember. need to. So so now that ability that I had, it's gone. You know, before sat-nav, right, I used to be able to um, figure my way around the country without, wouldn't even need a map. Yeah, I'd head in a general direction, look at signs, do it. I can't do that anymore. Now, if I go anywhere I don't know, I have to use a sat-nav, right? It's literally taking away your natural abilities um, that you, you know, you, you probably used before, but but now you can't use them because the technology is, has been become a crutch and now you're dependent on that crutch. 
Um, and there are abilities that we, we've never learned to actually use, like, um, here's an example, right? Not, not an actual example, but uh, an analogy, okay? Can you do this? Right, there are some people who can't do that, mm -hmm. yeah? Because they never ever learn to use those muscles mm -hmm. to, to, to actually curl that tongue over, yeah? And you have to use some very specific muscles to do that, yeah, definitely. right? Yeah. If you never learned, if, as a child, if you never sort of messed around and never learned to do that, it's, it's very, very difficult to learn to use muscles you don't know you have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So it's the same thing, yeah? If you, if you don't use those muscles, yeah, and you you never actually um, extend yourself. If you if you stop using those muscles, then it becomes difficult for you to remember how to use them. Yeah. So um, everything in this this culture is about lessening us. You know, making us dependent on on this system. Um, so no, while we're in this system, uh, there's no way we're going to we're going to extend ourselves because the aim of this system is to go completely away from human. Mm. This is where this uh, transhumanism thing comes in. You know, they they make us less than we are and then say, look at, look at the state of you, mm -hmm. yeah? What you need is technology added to you. Yeah, okay. yeah. so um, yeah, we don't need this technology. And um, I, was, I was actually going to do um, a video. I still might do it. I've been hesitant about doing it, but um, I was going to do a video um, about the leader. I was going to put myself up as the leader of the country, and you know, just put out my manifesto. And one of one of the points on it was um, to get rid of um, irrelevant technology, because you know we don't need cell phones. You know, back before we had cell phones, we would actually go and speak to people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like having the ability to phone anybody you want at any time. Mm -hmm means you end up don't not phoning people, not talking to people, yeah? And when you do, it's on this this sort of superficial level of a cell phone call. Because in that conversation, you, you miss out so many nuances in the conversation, in a real inter human interaction. You don't, it's not real human interaction. Yeah. You know, right now, we're able to, to, to actually look in each other's eyes as we speak, mm -hmm. yeah? I can see, you know, the tiny micro-movements you make, yeah? Um, I, you know, tiny little sounds you make, you know, either acknowledging or, or disagreeing or whatever, but there's, there's a whole raft of, of hidden communication that's going on right now that is lost, is like shaved off. Yeah, when you're on a phone, because all you've got is sound, yeah. and and only certain frequencies of sound at that. So um, it's it's non-communication. It's it's and you can go even worse and say text. <laughs> now you've got you've even cut out the sound. Now you've got these these completely artificial uh, uh, interaction going. We we don't need it. We need to get back to to being human again. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you. I mean, that's the reason why I did the change this podcast to do in person because even on a conscious level or unconscious level whatever you want to where do you want to put on it i knew innately there was something fundamentally wrong with the the, the disharmony within within the, within culture with going towards technology but it's really interesting because i don't think we really have as a species you know we don't really have that that visual sort of the the practicality of the the, the whole picture in our mind of of them steps in between to do that because civilization now is just constantly 
hurdling forward and you don't get to see the transitions of becoming something else and I had mm-hmm. this um, and this is observed me thought that I had a while ago where as I was you know with the lockdown and stuff I was having a I was doing conversations on Skype and stuff and um, in the past obviously I went from a transition of doing in person then with the lockdown I had to go back to online and then now I'm doing it in person again mm-hmm. and it was only then that I had this sort of this realisation or a download whatever you want to call it where I actually physically seen the the sort of the, the the bridge that was being lost as as we are as a civilization we, like you said we're becoming more technologically advanced and, and going away from them them you know them important senses that you just described that need to be like you said there's there is some conscious things that's constantly feeding for our body things that we don't even understand and know on an energetic level that are, are all around us now you know in mm-hmm. this conversation and um you know if you for example if you look at um i mean we can look back in history the supposed history that's a and it tells us how hunter gatherers supposedly become modern day atomical human beings and stuff and we can see the transitions between them different steps or you can look take go to the animal kingdom and look at sort of the the chihuahua how it used to be the wolf and things like that i don't think in our lives we generally get that bigger picture of of what we'll be what we are becoming because the world around us technology is moving so fast we've got the media giving us this perception of who we want to become and who we need to become it's hard to sort of take a step back in your own life and and um but that's not that but that's not what's going on yeah. though is it because you know it's not um they're not telling us what you know you know the or, sh- or reflecting to us where we're going mm-hmm. they're dictating to yeah, us definitely. where we're going yeah they're telling us we're going towards transhumanism and they're telling us it's cashless society they're telling us these things yeah um when we're not getting a choice in the matter yeah we're on a like a runaway train and um, I, I'm, I really think we should uh, basically collectively say stop. You know, let's, let's you know, whoa, let's stop here mm. right, and take stock and see where we really want to go. Because, you know, um, I for one don't want to go in the direction they want to take us, you know. Yeah, no, I feel it as well. I wanted to ask, you, ask your thoughts. I know you said about before about certain technology that you would like to discard in society. Do you feel of any, any, any maybe any technology? I know in the past you've talked about free energy and stuff. Is there any technology you maybe could see potentially coming forward in the future or maybe things that are on your mind that you'd like to see in society? Well, um, it's funny. I, I, wrote, um, I wrote a book years ago that I never published, but it was um, when I was waking up, I was trying to make sense of everything I was, I was coming across. And uh, the solution I came up with for, for you know, this society is to go back to... Um, self-sufficient houses where you know a little bit of technology you know sort of um, unobtrusive intrusive technology would allow you to build a place that would um, you know recycle water and waste and, uh, and grow its own food and um, power itself and, and things like that um, there are certain technologies that would would literally reshape society for the better um, when I wrote this book, 3D printing was just coming in. And um, I said in this book that, you know, imagine if you had a, an appliance like the size of a, a washing machine, which was essentially a 3D printer, where you can just feed in a design for something and it will print it out and you can use it. When you're finished, chuck it back in there and it will recycle it, right? So now it becomes, you don't, you don't need industry. You don't need there's a whole load of things you don't need because literally if you need anything 
right? You just say, okay, let me design it or let's see if anybody else has designed it and just print one out. So theft becomes irrelevant, mm. you know? Why would you steal something that you could just go home and print, you know? Um, the, a whole load of things just drop away, you know, when you just remove this model of industry and making money and that, that sort of thing. Take it out of the picture, lots of problems just drop away, yeah? The problem we have in this society is that psychopaths run it. And what they've done is they've, they've um, messed around with us, yeah? And then the, the, literally, they, for instance, they poison us with their, with their horrible foods, right? And then turn around and say, look, you're all fat and sick, you know? Um, you need to do this now. <laughs> but they cause it in the first place. And they intentionally caused it so they can come along and say, this is, what, this is where we're going. Because they've got this agenda. We take if we can get rid of those people, that agenda, yeah, left to our own our own devices, seriously, we could we could have a a paradise here, you know. Um What what's your thoughts on, on free energy? Because I know you've spoke about that and I know um I went I was looking I mean you go you go down the rabbit hole and stuff. I remember coming across this guy a while ago. I mean, there's rumours around that he, he could he did get killed and stuff like that. But he was he created a, a car that was I don't know if you've seen him that was generated Stanley by Myers. water. Yeah, really interesting. Mm-hmm. He got poisoned. Mm-hmm. And he knew he got poisoned. Um I think free energy is all around us and it you know, it exists. It's just uh, every time that somebody actually, you know, um makes it uh, worthwhile, then it gets it gets squashed. Um, I'm even believing, um, starting to believe that uh, they're not actually generating electricity with the grid. They're actually collecting it with the with the pylon system. That they, it's literally just collecting it from the air. Um, and it's as simple as that. If you if you get a wire and put it up high up in the air, uh, at some certain point, you know, you get to a, a place where every meter you go up, it's, it adds 50 volts. To the amount of uh, uh, power you're you're just pulling in, and you get up high enough, right? It's not a question of if it's going to get struck by lightning. Mm-hmm. It will be because the level of energy that it's now um, channeling is literally going to attract lightning strikes. Um, so yes, it's, a, it's simple as that. There's there's a potential energy energy between the air and and the ground, um, but we we're in a society where um, we've been steered towards a certain type of uh, energy uh, that you have to generate yeah, rather than collect. Wilhelm, Wilhelm Reich believed that. I don't know if you looked into the work of Wilhelm Reich. Mm-hmm. He believed that all around us now there was, there was um, energy that we can't tap into and he was using it for, supposedly he was using it he was um, using it for healing and things like that. Mm-hmm. Even the uh, there's rumours that the ancients were using tapping in, tapping in that that universal energy and harnessing it for certain things. So who kn- who knows if there is? I mean, the, the, it seems to me. I mean, it was a guy on a podcast. I had a um, guy called I think Peter Robbins, and he was like he studied the work of Wilhelm Reich very uh, very like thoroughly, and he said that if you go outside, and I'm just there's a couple of thieves around this, but he said if you go outside and you you sort of squint your eyes a little bit. You can see like little particles in in the sky mm-hmm. in the sky, and I know there's two theories. People say that there is a there's some sort of fluid that's on our eyes that that is picked, picking up them particles that are actually just in our lenses ourselves, the cortex mm-hmm. in our eyes. But also as well, there has been a lot of theories that that there is a when you do squint your eyes, you see it. There's like an energy that's that's permeating the whole this whole place, you know. Well, um, Tesla 
um, was talking about radiant energy. Um, <clears throat> and this is something I've, I've had experience with. Uh, I built um, a Bedini energizer, some free energy device. Um, and all it does is charge batteries. What it does is uh, um, it generates a spike of energy. Um, uh, let's put it another way. It, it, it attracts this, this radiant energy, essentially. So um, you have this 12 volt circuit and it will um, attract spikes of uh, like three, 300 volts. And uh, you channel those spikes into a battery and it charges batteries. Um, so with one small 12 volt battery, you can have a, maybe 10, you know, um, car batteries there and charge it, charge all 10 of these batteries up. Um, and it works. Um, I'm actually just rebuilding it as well, right now, actually. Um, but I got it to work for at least three months um, before I was tinkering with it and I blew it up. But, but yeah. It, blew it up. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I was messing around with it and it ended up blowing it up. But, uh, but uh, yeah, it, it works. The um, free energy is all around us. It's just that, um, and I'm seeing this with almost everything now, that this bloodline, that came into power around about or in the time we called the renaissance period they've literally systematically gone around the earth um, hiding knowledge and, and hoarding it amongst themselves and they've constructed a, a society that um, is is a dependent society and means that you you have to uh, kind of live in a kind of uh, competition-based world rather than a collaborative one mm. yeah and we're collaborative creatures yeah so we don't really fit in this society where it's every man for himself you know but this is this is what they've constructed for us now it's really interesting you're speaking about the collaboration because i was speak, just speaking about that before the podcast about how how as a civilization we you know we do you do have a lot of people have that natural instinct to to they do want to collab with people you know but the mm. the monday world is designed in a way that it's this is mine this is yours and stuff like that but even the whole the whole models of the the legal systems you know is designed in a an economical welfare to, that's that's designed in the world is is designed in a way to to constantly keep people chasing that that sort of the carrot and the stick you know mm-hmm. but it, it does seem that there is more i know you for example you're talking about um living more self-sustainable and stuff there is a, a, an urgency now within people to try and to try and like reclaim that balance again you know i know there might be i know you said before you you can see the, the sort of the dystopian world that is where it is going but it seems that the, 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 the potentially there could be a sort of a splitting of consciousness you know where you've got some people who are buying into this this model of you know of like you get microchipped or all this other bullshit mm. and then you've got people who are, are are connecting to the to the to the real senses you know people having more communications like this people are wanting to grow their own foods and things like that so it definitely seems to be there's a, a splitting of consciousness sure or at least an awakening because mm-hmm. um i've been saying for a few years now about um about you know disentangling yourself from the uh, from the matrix you know, um, removing yourself from depending, uh, dependency on the matrix. Um, not a lot of people have actually uh, gone ahead and done that. Um, but, uh, you know, years ago when I was in the matrix, I realized that uh, that it was it was all bullshit. You know, I had a, a big house and a nice car and, uh, you know, all the toys um, and realized it was it was empty. There was nothing there. 
you know I didn't feel any different didn't feel any more uh, fulfilled or anything like that it was just uh, I had bigger bills you know you know I had lots of money but bigger bills yeah. so nothing changed um, and I realized it was it was like a hamster wheel there's always a, a rung that's like just a little bit out of reach and once you get that oh there's another one and and so on and so on and so on you never get to that point that we're all supposedly getting to or wanting to get to mm. so um, I, I I stepped out of it I mean um, I don't chase money anymore I haven't chased money for a long time and since I stopped chasing money I've literally been all over the world you know <laughs> um, the, the world works in a completely different way to the way we've been told mm. yeah we're told the only way to get anything done is their way you know use the use the system right so you uh, well in order to get things done you need um you need money so that means you need to get a job which means you need to get qualifications which means you need to get education which means you and so on and so on and so on and you have to jump all through these hoops and eventually you might get what you you're aiming for the other way is to basically say i want to do this <laughs> and then go towards it no matter what mm -hmm. you know without any regard for you know for um difficulties that might be in the way just go for it right and what you'll find is you know if you make that leap towards it you know not caring whether you're, you're going to fall off a cliff um you'll find that all these obstacles get out of your way and you end up doing it i think um best analogy is when a couple decides you know we want to have children well, the system way is to go, okay, let's sit down, piece of paper, let's uh, work out how much it's going to cost us to have a child. And you sit and work it out, and there's no way anybody can afford to have children. <laughs> it's just, no, I mean, on paper, no way. Yeah. The other, the natural way is to go, we want children, mm -hmm. and just go for it, and have it. And you'll find, you know, all the problems get out of your way, and you you, you manage, you know. Um so that's that's literally the the dichotomy we're in here. It's uh, the system way which everyone uh, has bought into. Right, um, everyone believes nobody nobody believes in the natural way now, mm -hmm. and it's it's literally getting people to 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 give up this this system way, and and go back to the natural way. I love that because I mean it does seem to be, and I've had loads of examples in my own life now on a personal basis where. You know, you just you you go more from the intellect of thinking how you're going to do it, and you just tune into that that knowing that something will unfold. It seems like the the more you do that, you know, the the universe does seem to conspire with you in in so many weird and, and beautiful magical ways. And you start even seeing, I mean, synchronicities uh, evolve around you. Um, you meet new people who you never thought you'd meet in your life and stuff like that. So it, it, there does seem to be some sort of um, uh, deeper deeper sort of thing to the fabric of this world that is underpinning. The, the physical dimension of it you know yes and um that kind of goes into well my research into language and stuff mm -hmm. because um i was looking at the original language of mankind which is paleo hebrew and it's a right-brained language yeah um you probably heard my example of uh, the difference between um english and paleo hebrew have you heard that i haven't no okay Right. But go on, Red. Let's I'll, do it. I'll, I'll give you the example then. Oh, sorry, the two children, you mean? Hmm? The children experiment, you mean? No, no, no. I want you to talk about that as well. Okay. Um, <laughs> so. Do you want to go this one first or then? Yeah, I'll give you an example. The difference between English and Paleo Hebrew. Okay. Cool. okay. 
So um, I'm going to describe a film to you in English and you have to guess what the film is. Okay. okay. So a man on the autistic spectrum recounts his life to strangers. What's the film? Mm. Not too sure. I don't, I'm not too sure. Just uh, have a guess. A man on the autistic spectrum recounts his life to strangers. I'm not too sure. I'm not good at shit like that. Well, it's, 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 it's not. It's not a test, really. You're not gonna. You're not gonna fail. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Well, some people say uh, Rain Man. So other mm-hmm. people say Forrest Gump. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's, there's quite a few. Beautiful Mind is another one. Um, so what what happened there or didn't happen <laughs> is that as I was speaking, um, in the left hand side of your brain, mm-hmm. you were listening to the sounds I was making. You were fetching the the meanings of the words. And then you were comparing those meanings with a list of films you, you, you've seen. And uh, you couldn't think of any of them. But, uh, I don't think my mind was doing that. <laughs> right. But, that, but that's, that's the process that goes no, on. Hams in left-hand side of the brain. Yeah? Um, now, I'm going to describe the same film in Paleo-Hebrew. Now, Paleo-Hebrew is a language of pictures. I might guess this one. Yeah, you'll probably guess this one. Yeah. <laughs> so, the, the, uh, well, you, you know it's one of three now. <laughs> Um, so yeah it's a language of pictures so I'm going to describe emojis to you right so and as soon as you get it just shout out yeah okay so man running yeah a few trees yeah um, box of chocolates yeah it's interesting a shrimp and a boat Mm -hmm. yeah so what happened there is as I'm describing the pictures okay um, you can't analyze them because they're pictures you know, you can't, in the left-hand side of your brain, there's nothing to analyze. It's just a bunch of pictures, right? Um, in the right-hand side of your brain, all of a sudden, you know, the pictures start to, to, to come in and you know what the film is, mm-hmm. right? Um, you're kind of cheating because you already sort of, uh, you already had the, the, the three to yeah, guess. Course, yeah. But, but, yeah, you, the difference is that with the left-hand process, it's a, a logical step-by-step pattern recognition, right? Guess, okay. With the right-hand side of the brain, it's a knowing. You know what that that film is, okay. Um, that set of pictures can only mean one film. Can't mean in you know, can't mean Rain Man. Can't mean Beautiful Mind. Can't mean any other film but Forrest Gump. Yeah. yeah? That was a language that the Old Testament was written in, and and that's a the, the two-sided difference between. Um, this society and and a society that's more connected okay because the right hand side of the brain is connected to everything it knows everything yeah which is why it's a knowing rather than a guess Mm -hmm. okay this society has us educating the left hand side of our brains that's it they concentrate on your left hand side of your brain. Remember, remember this sequence of numbers. Remember that number. Remember this ten sixty six. You know, <laughs> remember you know, and it's and literally just pounding everything and keeping you in your left hand side of your brain. Mm-hmm. The right hand side, as I said, knows everything. Yeah, and when you get in touch with that, you start to know things. This is. This is a, uh, it's also the two different ways of, of, of um, getting to understand things, yeah? Um, they've got us focused on logical, um, oh, what's the word I was gonna use? Yeah, it's kind of a, um, 
logical. Uh, that's, that's a word it's just gone now. But intellect or something? No, no, it's um, logical deduction. So you know something by deducing things in logical steps. Mm, right. Yeah. The right hand side of the brain is is literally intuition. You know by intuition. How many times uh, you know have you um, come across something you've never come across before, but known what it what it was about, mm. or known a word when you've never used it before? Right, and you go and look it up, and oh, it is, you know, <laughs> or, or in, do you know what I mean? It's, no, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah it's it's there's a knowing because you just know it. <laughs> yeah, and you don't have, there's no explanation for it. You just know it. So this is why this society again has has got us in um, essentially Greek philosophy, get, get us in locked in the left hand side of our brain, and uh, keeping you away from the right hand side. Um, and I believe uh, breatharianism. Um, is the same as what in the Old Testament they say fast and pray yeah because if you're if you're eating like normal and you're you're you know praying essentially trying to commune with the the most high or all there is yeah well you can't do it because you've got no intuition you're 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 locked into this physical yeah. you know the left hand side of the brain when you open up the intuition right now you're connected now your prayers your connection with the most high or whatever um is open i love that i wanted obviously a little segue at that question i had for you ask, actually was do you think language is actually being used to disempower maybe them senses and disempower people absolutely mm -hmm. and for for the reasons i've just I've just explained because mm -hmm. um you know we we're using um a fake language as it were you know this this language was um manufactured 500 years ago literally that that recent um so we're we're speaking uh, we, what we think is english it's not english it's anglish right angelish the language of the fallen angels yeah um it's a backwards language because uh, say paleo hebrew is reads uh, right to left yeah we read left yeah. to right so um there's, a, there's an awful lot about it and uh, I can't just say things without qualifying it all but uh, um, so we we think uh, in the opposite way to our language works so it, it's it's very difficult you know this language is very difficult for us to um, to use effectively as it were you know because we're thinking in the wrong direction and we're trying to translate all the time we don't we're not aware of it but we're we're translating all the time um away from the the natural language that we we were born with we were you know we're literally born with a language you know babies speak a language and uh you know it's just that they can't communicate with their parents so they think it's like oh, i'm gonna have to learn their language so um so we learn this language which is backwards and in this particular language um it's all about deception you know um you can always tell what a language is about when you find like it, it has lots of words to describe one concept you know um the inuit for instance they've got 50 words for snow mm -hmm. because snow is the most important thing in their world you know got to know exactly the nuances you know this certain type of snow that hides crevices so you end up falling down them you know so they need to know every single nuance of snow we've got one word for snow you know because it's not important to us 
But in this language, there's something like 250 words for deception. That's what's important in this language. Mm-hmm. It's all about deception. And, uh, you know, we're using this language and half the time when we say something, we're actually saying the opposite of what we mean, you know. Um, so, you know, the word to know, well, in inside that word, you know, is the word know. So n- negating, you know, negating what we're trying to say, yeah. yeah? Um, just, I'll choose a word at random, doctor, mm-hmm. for instance. So you've got an idea of what a doctor is, yeah? Good person, learned, you know, um, trusted person, yeah? Well, what, what happens when you doctor a document? Mm-hmm. You falsify it. What happens when you doctor food? You poison it. So a doctor is a lying poisoner. Look around you. What do you think, you know, what are you seeing with doctors now? You know, with this COVID-19, you know, stuff, you're seeing that uh, the, what we think of as a medical system isn't quite what we think it is, yeah? It's, it's actually poisoning. They're trying to give us a, a vaccine. We know what the ingredients are. Every one of those ingredients are poisonous, yeah? So we're, we're dealing with lying poisoners. <laughs> you know, the, the word pharma, pharmaceutical, yeah, comes from a Greek word pharmakia which means sorcery and poisoning. Yeah, so um, we're using this language that is essentially not only backwards, but it's it means the opposite of what we're trying to say. So, you know, so it's a wonder we're able to communicate at all. Yeah, yeah. Do you think, a question from that as well, do you think language sort of fragments the psyche as well, maybe just like trauma does and things like that? Uh, in what way would you mean by that? So in terms of like, um, so for example you know we have traumas in society which like because what the bigger picture what you're getting there in my mind is is in terms of the there seems to be like a deeper a subconscious things with the way the way that language has been manipulated throughout society you know it's like it's sort of um it's devoiding us from the the deeper essence of of of, of the the deeper essence of of what is really going on people void of language you know i mean mm-hmm. As you, you know for a fact, if, um, for example, you take psychedelics or you alter your consciousness, language is like, you know, you, you see what language really is. You know, it's not, it's not the true essence of of this experience. You know, there's there's deeper networks that's going on that's flowing through all of us. Mm-hmm. And I'm just trying to maybe think if like, if language is sort of maybe devoidness of that true essence of our psyche. Well, it is. It's a it's a completely artificial way of uh, of communicating. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, left-hand side of the brain, yeah? It's giving you conceptual labels for things rather than the thing itself, mm-hmm. yeah? Again, we, we really think in pictures, just like Paleo-Hebrew, we think in pictures. So when you take a psychedelic, you know, a psychedelic, you're, you're actually, that, that weirdness, you know, the, the, the weirdness you experience, well, that's you going back to thinking in pictures rather than in words, yeah? Um, that's literally it. It's you. You open up a, a, a greater awareness because you go back to the natural way of, of thinking, which again is in pictures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so when you when you uh, who was it? I think it was um, Alan Watts uh, who basically described. Um, it wasn't Alan Watts. It was somebody else. <laughs> anyway, Terence McKenna. Terence McKenna. 
basically described what happens when uh, imagine a baby is in the crib and uh, a hummingbird flies in and that baby is transfixed you know sees this this whirring little thing hovering in the air and it's all color and sound and and it's, a, it's just this amazing event yeah and the mother comes along and says oh it's a bird well now you've collapsed that amazing experience down into a word a sound yeah that word doesn't describe that experience mm-hmm. at all it's just a conceptual label for for uh, for that experience and now people um interact with that label and not the reality yeah so that's where we are we're locked into this this uh, left hand side of the brain you know conceptual model of the world rather than the actual world which we would experience in you know in pictures you know um i don't know if i'm explaining it very well no, no, um, that's good i mean a question that i've got from that is i mean because I know you've spoke about, I want to try and tie it into telepathy as well, because I know you've spoke a lot about that. But do you think that maybe um, languages may be devoid of, of that of them deeper senses of, in terms of telepathy and things like that? Yes, because we expect telepathy to be, you know, I hear the words you're saying. Mm-hmm. Well, again, the words aren't really, uh, are, are artificial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're not going to, we're not going to get that kind of telepathy. Right. What we, what we do get is a knowing it's like you know it's like you you think about somebody you know you haven't seen for a long time and they call mm-hmm. right well that thinking about somebody is you knowing something about that person right knowing that they're going to call you know or, or even transmitting the idea that you want them to call you yeah it's it's not it's not um it's not you hearing the words saying, yeah. "Oh, so and so is going to call you." <laughs> you see what I'm saying? It's uh, it's all about it's it's all about intuition. It's all about knowing. Yeah, it's all about the right hand side of the brain that they have systematically stopped us using. Just like I was saying about the muscles to to curl your tongue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you if you don't know how to operate this side of your brain, then that that's closed you off from reality. When you were speaking before, I wanted to go back again. I know I'm jumping all over, but there's so much stuff I want to talk about. When you were speaking about how there is an inherent language within um, certain children when they're born, I remember a while ago you spoke about the example of the, the two the two children that were taken by the the woman who was uh, mute. Deaf and dumb. Yeah, yeah, deaf and dumb. Could you speak about that? Because I thought it was a, an interesting dynamic. <clears throat> yeah, so it was, a, um, it was an experiment done, a, done by a 15th century king in Scotland um, where... He wanted to know if uh, language was inherent in humans or, or not. So what he did was he took two newborn babies and uh, stranded them on a on an island, um, you know, in the, the outer islands in in Scotland, um, with a deaf and dumb woman, and you know, left them on this island. You know, kept them well provisioned, but left them on this island for for years, and then came back. You know, once these uh, these two boys had grown up. Um, to see if they could speak a language. And it turns out, um, uh, according to reports, that uh, these two boys could speak perfect Hebrew. Um, so it supported the idea that I had that, um, that Paleo-Hebrew is a natural language of, of humans. And, um, well, think about it. You know, um, every animal comes into this world knowing how to, to talk to its parents. Mm. 
you know cats know how to meow you know birds know how, how to to tweet to each other you know how is it that we are the only ones who come into this world not being able to talk to our parents you know not to be able to talk to anybody um it just doesn't make sense so um when i found out how paleo hebrew works that uh, there are, there are no vowels there are there's just literally a an ah sound after every every consonant so it sounds like ah ba ga la ra pa what does that sound like to you mm-hmm. sounds like babies babbling mm-hmm. yeah well i don't think they're actually babbling i think they're actually speaking and I, I think in my video I, I showed I've seen the video of the two children two we, we watched that it was really two cool. boys yeah just talking yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're, they're having a conversation mm-hmm. yeah they're, they understand each other and if you see the whole clip you'll see um, bits where they're talking and all of a sudden together they, they it's like they make a decision and together they, they move to the sofa because uh, they've made a decision and they've, they've discussed it and they, they move together so that that really can only come through uh, a deep communication there it's not just uh you know they're, they're making sounds and then you know they both decide to do the same thing at the same time no it's, it's there's communication there yeah definitely in terms of language as well i wanted to ask you your current thoughts on the current world now that's going on with the policing of language how do you how do you see see that playing out because um you know, there's, 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 there was a guy who wrote a book called uh, George Orwell who wrote about the, the policing of language and stuff in the modern day world, mm-hmm. and he predicted that well well advanced in the future. Uh, so the policing of language. Well, um, with again with this language, the um, the more restricted the language, right, the more restricted your thought. If you can only um, think in words. Right then, if you restrict the number of words you use, then they restrict the amount of thought you you can potentially have. Yeah, so so it's as simple as that. You know, if if the language doesn't have a concept, then you struggle to to explain that concept. You know, without uh, without the words to to do it. So you know that 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 experience is lost to you. You know, there are there are experiences um, that we're barely aware of. That other languages, you know, capture in their language. There's one that was just on the tip of my tongue. But it's gone, um, and that could be an experience. That could be one of those experiences that doesn't have have a word. You know, that the feeling of of knowing something, but it's just on the tip of your tongue and it's gone. We've we've got like a phrase at tip of the tongue, mm-hmm. and we we understand yeah, that yeah. there is no word for that. Somebody has come up with a a phrase mm-hmm. that we could all relate to and now we've added that to the language yeah but that's not it's not official part of the language is it so um so without that phrase i wouldn't be able to even um express that to you all right because there's no language for it so i can't express it to you mm-hmm. all right that's that's what i'm trying to say that um the language is there to restrict thought and 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 it does that it restricts you know i think um english is the least expressive language out of all the languages um and that's probably why they're trying to roll it out to to everywhere now english is the i think english is the language of the new world order you know how do you see it playing out though in terms of like the social the social dynamics of the policing of language you know because for example i mean you've got you got social media and um you know youtube videos you can't see a certain stuff now they're trying to police 
the way that you even talk about certain topics and things like that. How do you see that dynamic playing out? Um, I'm I'm seeing it. Uh, I mean, yes, we're seeing the the, the censorship, um, but I I see that people people waking up to that and going away from it. You know, um, they they want us all to to be all all very PC yeah. and uh, um, you know accept things. But what I'm seeing is there's a there's a pushback against that. You know. Um, we're, it's like uh, it's like paedophilia, for instance. Yeah, they're trying to make that mainstream. They're tr- they're, they're trying to make that um, socially acceptable, right? But people are pushing back against it. You know, they made homosexuality, um, you know, mainstream, normal. When fifty years ago, you know, it was punishable by death mm-hmm. in some places. Yeah. But using social engineering, they managed to make it mainstream, doing exactly the same thing with paedophilia right now. But, uh, but I think it's a step too far, and people are pushing back against it. And I th- I'm seeing that across the board. You know, there's, they've been advancing, they've advanced a step too far, and people are starting to push back against it. What's your thoughts on on the you know the, with the Black Lives Matter situation that's going on? Because language plays a key role in that, you know. How how what's your thoughts on that? Well, I'm I'm I've basically been ignoring the whole Black Lives Matter thing because uh, it, it's obviously it's a George Soros production. Um, it's there to to cause um, you know stress and uh, uh, and strife and everything and uh, riots and all this stuff. It's it's to destabilize everything. Um, the the whole uh, event that kicked off this this current round of Black Lives Matter, this George Floyd business, um, that's obviously uh, a false flag. You know, so when you look further into it, you find, you know, all the all the markers of uh, of one of their classic false flag uh, events. So so it's obviously at this time where it's needed. You know, the what they're trying to do is um, have multiple disasters at once. So they've lining they're lining up the financial disaster. They've already got the uh, the viral di- disaster. They've got the um, the race riots they they're, they're stoking up at the moment. Um, they they want to have as many disasters happen all at once, and that's just another one of them. Do you do you um how do you foresee that playing out in the future? Do you think that the media is going to keep pushing that 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 sort of side of things to in in that way because you know. For example, like you just said, you were looking at right around the world now. It's 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 more sort of in the it's in the, more on that. What what was the word that you said in the, in the left hemisphere of the brain or the right hemisphere? I can't remember what one you said. Now is a more dominant in terms of what they're trying to portray. Uh, the left hand side yeah. is left hand side of the brain is the um, logical um, sequential step yeah. by step. Do you do you see do you see the 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 sort of the the cultural program and trying to be it's like. Yeah, what's the word I'm looking for? Sort of um, push that side of the brain, you know, more, more yeah. and more in the future. Everything in this mm-hmm. society <clears throat> is focused on the left hand side of the brain. You know, when you go to school, you know, they, they've got rid of uh, all those, pretty much all the things that will stimulate the, the right hand side of the brain. You know, art, um, drama, dance. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't, you hardly see any of that in schools now. It's all mathematics you know english language yeah. you know blah all those things that keep you in the left hand side of your brain 
Gee, I was going to ask you what question to sort of maybe to bring this to end as well. I wanted to ask you about the our sort of because what we've been talking about here is sort of it's through my own understanding, especially when we've talked about uh, psychic abilities and things like that. It seems that we do inherently as human beings we do have um, much more sort of natural abilities than we've been led to believe. And like you said, maybe language could be a a, con, a conduit to sort of to maybe hinder that in certain ways. Do you feel that um, maybe in the future? I know, we, like we said, we, there could be a split of consciousness and people are going to lean one way. There's many different ways to put it out. But do you ever foresee in the future maybe a, an avenue that is sparked more into the the more the, the into the creativity, you know, where people are, are tapping into their natural abilities, where maybe language is not the only form of communication and maybe there's maybe there's a intuition is is um stands up stands up alongside of that as more as is is the, with the same importance. Well, you're assuming that uh, you know that's not the case already, mm-hmm. because ah, good point. because uh, it is it has been the case for for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. You know, the uh, the Maasai, for instance, actively used telepathy. Mm-hmm. You know, they they used to uh, you know somebody caught an antelope. You know, he'd he'd literally just be thinking about the antelope and and that, and back home they'd be getting ready for an antelope coming. Mm-hmm. You know, because you know they they use it actively. Don't even doesn't even cross their mind that they're doing it because it's just it's just something you do, mm-hmm. something you know. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just that this again, this artificial culture that we're in, you know, negates all that. Says no, that's just coincidence. You know, it's just you know, don't look at that. It's uh, it's not important. Yeah, what's important is that um, you know you you use this technology to to contact people. You know you speak, you use language properly, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it keeps you away from any of your natural abilities. Do you do any practices in your own life to try and try and tap into that, um, or cultivate it? If that's a better word. T- to be honest, no, I haven't, because uh, again, I'm, <laughs> I'm I've been focused on trying to figure out stuff. Um, and um, the only way, oh, not the only way. I, I have a process of trying to figure figure stuff out, and most of it is intuition. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, to to kind of kickstart the intuition, I have to use a logical process of uh, of researching. Um, and as I'm researching, the intuition's kicking in, going, "Yes, connect this to this," mm-hmm. and uh, and yeah, um, I'm finding finding stuff out. I'm, I'm literally I can I read the Old Testament a few times and uh, and every time I find something new that I can I can link to something else and and a new idea comes out um, so so yeah I don't cultivate it deliberately but I, I think I, I have done so you know without you know without trying let's put it that way yeah cool we'll leave it there because some cameras are going off so yeah, thank you so, thank you so much for any of you coming on the podcast i really really do appreciate that's it. okay i think we just jumped ac- jumped around to all these different <laughs> topics cool, thanks so much for checking out that podcast conversation there hope you liked it as you, as i mentioned in the intro that was one that went all over the place it really was a cool conversation in a few days time i will be recording an episode of observing my thoughts and if you can guys check out the one-off donation option and the patreon page to help me to keep doing what i'm doing at the end of this and i'm also going to play this podcast out with a song as i always do i'm not sure what i'm going to play i haven't picked it yet but when i'm editing i'll add one on and give you guys a little bit of a surprise so anyway wherever you are in the world keep seeking peace out and you're in. See, cause you've never
never been the same as anyone else Don't think the same as everyone else You're in your See, you'll never conclude with anyone else Don't think the same as everyone else I had everything Everything I could change anything If I changed anything I mean anything I would change everything Oh yeah Dog boy, don't you cry There's too much life left in those eyes Don't you let that face go waterfall Don't you learn to love your scars and all Dog boy, don't you die They're just human, let them lie you just know your world and speak your truth Let them come to you for your love In your heart See, cause you've never been the same as anyone else Don't think the same as everyone else It is your call, there are no walls See, you'll never conclude with anyone else Don't think the same as everyone else If I had everything, everything, I could change anything, I could change anything, if I changed anything, I mean anything, I would change everything, oh yeah. When the media slings mud, we use it to build huts Irrefutable facts, merciful, beautiful, black Beloved brother, you fail to embarrass them, harassing them To my life, your life pales in comparison So go write whatever blog Messiness is not ever to God Do what's necessary, I'm never worried Listen, vultures, I've been shackled by Western culture You convinced most of my people to live off emotion That's why we competing, death by the chrome barrel Forgot the secrets, my killer been Gerald Bone marrow's the deepest You can peep at the comments, but don't fall for that We want freedom I'm a scholar in almanac People do anything To be involved in everything Inclusion is a hell of a drug Some people have everything They probably ever wanted in life And never have enough I had everything Everything I could change anything I changed anything change everything oh yeah from the birth of a child, the world is foul Excursions of a surgeon child Should learn to take nothing personal A parent hates to watch his baby's face Taking his first immunization shots But this is great, the child's introduction To suffering and pain Understands without words, nothing is explained A rush to the brain, looking up at his parent's face Like, I thought you would protect me From this scary place, why'd you let them inject me? Who's gonna know how the side effects Is gonna affect me? Who knew I would grow to meet Presidents that respect me If Starbucks is bought by Nestle 
Ashley, please don't arrest me I need to use your restroom and I ain't buying no espresso soon enough Assume the cuffs, the position not new to us Since back on the bus, sitting, said screw that bus Boycotted that bus out of business, the future's us Yet every citizen's in prison I everything, everything I could change anything Changed anything, I mean anything, I would change everything. Oh, yeah. Watch me as I walk through the folly, golly, New York to Saudi. In Italy, I'm Eduardo Bacari, but nasty the hustler, nasty like mustard gas sofa. And I could sell Alaska to Russia, no pressure. My first house, 11,000 square feet mansion, it was haunted by dead rich whites. Mad a nigga bought his crib to hang up pictures of black Christ. Circular driveways, black cars, and black ice. My second house, still in my 20s, illin' with money. Chilled through my spine, spilling wine, it's funny, did good for a staircase, Lord. Euphoria, what you saw when you seen a teen turn to a warrior did every 4th of July, busting in the sky. It was important to a guy who was mob minded. Future Marcia Lager driving to Lambo's got average on me. I started liking the look like I ain't had no money. Yellow taxi seats over Maybach seats, just to remind me, just to inspire me to stay focused. It's a real sick society. Just cause I got your support, don't mean you buying me I'm buying back the land owned by the slave masters where my ancestors live Just to say a rapper made a change The pants saga put plans in action To lay claim to Pan-African made it happen Same as anyone else. Don't think the same as 